Yay! Okay, th- this was a monumental week. It was. I don't know what you're talking about. Anna, you went out in public to a fun event. Oh, oh you're considering that monumental? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, it wasn't my first concert since COVID, but it was my first one with my pal that uh, I was roommates with in college days. We had a, a really good time. Nathaniel. And, <laughs> and the Night Sweats, yes. And the Night Sweats. I really liked them. I liked them a lot. And I liked that venue at Miramore Park. And now I'm like oh. thinking I want to go to a, whatever concerts are left, even if I don't know squat about the artist. Was it the atmosphere or what was it that, that you just loved? I loved the atmosphere for sure. We brought our little concert chairs and then we were like right behind people who were on their blankets. So the arrangement is you have a section for the people who stand, a section for people who only have blankets, a section for the low seated folks, and then um, I guess the rest of the lawn chair community (laughs) in the back if you have bigger lawn chairs, I guess. So we were like right behind the blanket people. (laughs) <laughs> so basically you were in the first row of the low chair I, so that's I guess perfect. we were the first row so is that what you just described is that official or is that just like everyone cooperating to do it that way i think it's official there were signs assigning folks and then um we were afraid it was going to rain on us and i even thought it was going to be cold but it wasn't so it was just right and people were in such a good mood everybody was that's, talking I, to each other Yeah, that's what's so fun is the crowd. Especially right now, it just seems like people are so much more appreciative. It's like all these years we took for granted all the things we could do. And then when we got locked up, we couldn't do any of them. And and now it's like, oh, I'm outside on a blanket. You know, it's just the little things are everybody's just a little bit lighter mood about it and I should we enjoy that while it lasts because there there'll be a time when we'll forget and we'll get grumpy again but um (laughs) at least that's when I went to that Indigo Girls show in in Portland which is also outdoors that was the impression I got was that everybody was just so happy to be outside doing something fun yeah that's the impression I got as well Mm -hmm. and okay it was a monumental week for another reason too okay what's the second one Lori officiated a wedding. I did my first wedding. How'd it go? Were you nervous? You know, I I was a little nervous, but I knew what I wanted to talk about. It was sort of like, in a way, a joke. It was love is easy because, you know, they talked about that verse that they liked. But what was interesting was it was so beautiful when I got there. It was set up so beautiful. And then the DJ came over, you know, to see what was going on, get everything set up. The bride was late. You know, I think that's pretty (laughs) typical. And yeah. she she was wanted her dress to be perfect and and so they there was this white carpet that was supposed to be rolled out at some point after all the guests were seated and so I went to the DJ and I'm like hey do you know who's supposed to be in charge of all this he goes well usually the officiant takes care of you know keeping everything <laughs> on track and I was like huh okay step it up so I went and got the the someone in a suit with a with a boutonniere. Oh, and he's official. I go, go ahead and roll out the carpet. And then I went and got the groom. And I said, uh, you know, she's going to be a few minutes. But, you know, in about five minutes, let's just go and be ready. And so he he's running around, going back and forth. And he kept kind of going towards the back where she was. And I'm like, Jack, Jack, you know, because people <laughs> are all settled in. And I didn't want him to see her. But um, right. but it was it was very sweet. And 
they did their own vows and they had somebody come up that read some scripture and then they had music and um, it was it was just really beautiful and really fun and I felt very honored to be part of that. And uh, it was short and sweet. You know, uh, people uh, commented uh, shorter is better. And um, so I just made it short and sweet and tried to have a little humor and and uh, and a challenge for us to love better after I talked after our talk last week. It's like, mm-hmm. let's let's use this day, August 6, uh, 2022, and recommit ourselves to loving our family, our community and listening to people and being better at love so we'll see if anybody ever says well i was at this wedding and i recommitted my life to loving (laughs) (laughs) doubtful but (laughs) but they might yeah yeah Yeah. just Mm -hmm. just because they don't say it out loud doesn't mean that didn't get absorbed in you know that's lovely Mm -hmm. and the bride and groom were happy i mean you know yeah and they did their own vows and they were you know at the last minute i'm like who goes first? Because there's, you know, people have different opinions. But I thought she better go first because if he goes first and she blubbers, she's not going to be able to do hers. So uh, she went first and they were beautiful, beautiful vows. I mean, I can't imagine trying to write vows, let alone. But they were really, uh, you know, and I put the microphone right in their face, which, you know, unless you work in radio, it's hard to do that because you think you don't want to be intrusive. But I'm like, no, people are going to hear your vows. Right. <laughs> so. Right. Right. Yeah. Plenty of pictures. You can. Yeah. Perfect. That's yeah. great. And then I went to see the play that very night. Come from away. Ah, yes. Good. Good show. I have. I've never gotten to see it, but one of my friends from college was in the original cast. Wow. So, I'm hoping one day I'll 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 get to see it uh, in person, but I hear it's just phenomenal. My understanding is they're retiring it, and the weekend I went Saturday, and then Sunday was going to be the last day uh, in Seattle. I don't know if they're retiring it everywhere, but it was. I had just read the book uh, called uh, "When When When the World Came to Town," <laughs> and so I felt like um, I understood it really well, but it was. I mean, it, you laughed, you cried. It was fabulous. It was so. It's ba- it's basically about this. I'm trying to remember the little town in Canada where, when 9/11 hit, people were stranded. Is that sort of the premise? Well, they have the longest airport or the longest runway, and so it's where military planes stop and refuel. And it was it was the only runway where some of these big jets could actually land because they couldn't go to New York, and mm-hmm. so. Um, so one by one, they were, I think it ended up 30 planes, and then they, they you know, parked them tail to nose all, you know, all along the runway. And uh, they thought they would just take back off. Well, suddenly they're like, you know what? Airspace isn't opening up. It was a town of like 7,000. And they're like, mm-hmm. we got to find a place for these people. And they went to like, they called it the super shop or the, it was probably like a Walmart. And to get, you know, bedding and all this stuff, toothbrushes, and they just go take it. And everybody was filling up carts and taking all kinds of supplies so that they could go to the Legion. I think there was like 17,000 people. No, 1,700. I can't remember. Anyway, it was a lot of people. And uh, and then come to find out there were animals in with the luggage. And uh, they kept saying, no, there's no animals on the plane. But there was. 
And so somebody got the vet there and they got all kinds of supplies to take care of the animals. And this was just a friendly town. And they just loved these people. And there was uh, one scene and it was, oh, it's a famous actor's son. Why can't I think of his name now? Anyway, he he his part was he they told him the mayor said, go to every backyard and grab the grills because we're going to have a barbecue. And he goes, you want me, a black man, to go to every backyard and grab grills? He's from New York. (laughs) And he says the mayor's like, yes, do that. So he says he acts like he's trying to dodge bullets. He's grabbing the grills, looking around. And then someone comes up on the porch. (laughs) You taking my grill? Yes, I'm taking your grill. You're taking my grill. He goes, yes. He goes, you want a cuppa? <laughs> Invites him in for a cup of tea or a coffee. And, you know, <laughs> the love, the outpouring of love they showed these people. And, you know, they're on the plane and nobody's told them anything because they still think the planes are bombs. They still think the planes may be weapons. They may have things in the in the cargo holds. There may be sleeper agents on there. You know, so they're not saying anything to the uh, passengers. So when they get it, when they finally deboard the plane, they close the airport or the airport. They put uh, out of order on all the phones. They turned off all the TVs because they didn't want them to see it and then clog up the airport. And so when mm. they finally got them to their places, then they said, you know, if you want to know what's going on, and of course they were all absolute shock. They so had they no had idea. no idea what was going on. Only that they had to land somewhere and they couldn't leave. Yeah, and something was going on in the U.S., that there was something, you know, they gave them like a little bits and pieces, and mobile phones back then were very sketchy, and so they couldn't call their families, and yeah, it was... What's the yeah. name of the book again? When the World Came to Town. That sounds like something I want to read. I listened to it. The reader sounded like Tom Hanks. It wasn't Tom Hanks. The Day the World Came to Town, 9-11 in Gander, New Zealand. And who's it by? Uh, Jim DeFede, D-E-F-E-D-E. Okay. So good. And it just restores your faith in humanity. But then when they went to get on the plane, there was a Muslim. And nobody really wanted to be on the plane with the Muslim because they thought, what if he's a sleeper, right? So then judgment came back and they how they dealt with that. So it was right. it was pretty incredible. Yeah, and one of the pilots was a woman. She was one of the first women pilot, so she kind of had a storyline, and yeah. Huh, so it so the book the book takes place in New Zealand, but the musical is in Canada, right? Yes. No? Or am I, am I well, smoking crack? No, it's, that's, <laughs> let's see. I think for some reason they say it's part of, New Zealand was part of Canada. I don't know how all that works out, but yeah, you're right, that's... Because they say Gander, New Zealand, but they keep calling it Canada. So right. not not sure. And then they do a 10-year reunion. But then, of course, they couldn't. 2021 was, uh, they couldn't do a 20-year. <laughs> but these, they do. <laughs> these people are a little cursed. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, sorry, can't meet. Worldwide pandemic. Yeah. After <laughs> let's that. Not, let's not let these people get together again. <laughs> let's just stay separate. <laughs> Be grateful for the time we had. No more flying for you. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was, it was so good and it was so heartwarming. And I mean, that was a big, big day to do a wedding and then also watch that play. But, you know, it, you know, my sister said, Hey, this is our last chance. So uh, I'm so glad I got to see it. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. And then our big loss this week, big surprise oh. loss. Oh, yeah, that's I didn't that's see really that hard. one coming at all. No, mm. I didn't either. I didn't either. Um, I, we're I, talking about Olivia Newton-John. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was really, really something. She battled breast cancer for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you I guess you call that metastatic breast cancer, where it, it pops up in different places. Oh. Um, but I had thought, I guess I just hadn't heard from her in so long. I mean, I follow her on Facebook, but, you know, that's not really personal. That's just like, you know until the day she passed when her husband was posting but you know that's it's kind of cursory information that that sort of fan page stuff and so I had no idea that that she wasn't still in remission and you know she wasn't that old she's what 73 um so I was really quite quite stunned but uh, I have heard so many people say they felt like they lost a piece of their childhood yeah um and I mean that nails it you know i mean the 70s and 80s she was omnipresent for so many things from like 1976 to 1990 you know Mm -hmm. and i heard an interview and she said this was like a recent interview and she goes yeah you know when i did let's get physical she goes it was like scandalous and now it sounds like a a bedtime you know a nursery rhyme or something so calm you know (laughs) right yeah i was thinking that too i was i was listening i've been listening to a lot lately but Mm -hmm. um yeah, the lyrics of that are, are, they are pretty risque in the video and all that stuff, you know, but it's, she's right. Now it's like, you know, mm-hmm. this stuff now is like, wow, that was really tame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, she was really, that, her voice, I think for me personally, Olivia Newton-John and Karen, Karen Carpenter were just the voices of the ages. Like, I love, I love ABBA. I love, there's so many musicians that I love, singers, especially women singers, but the, to me, those two, there are no voices purer than Olivia Newton-John and Karen Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, like you said, such a big part of history. And, um, yeah, I just, um, me, you know, memories. Just even the Grease movie. I mean, and then my daughter fell in love with it. We've probably watched it a hundred times, you know? Yeah, right. With your, with your child, right. You did, uh-huh. and then your child did. Yeah. I saw it. I I saw it several times in the theater, and nobody did that in those days. Like, you know, uh, I mean, my mom probably let me and my friends, Hannah and Cora, uh, mm-hmm. go see it at least five or six times, which you just didn't do in those days. And then there was Star. Then Star Wars came out, and you you got to go see that a couple <laughs> times too. You know, so that, right. that was quite the time. But but since then, I've seen Greece. I couldn't even tell you, probably. More than 20 times. I mean, easily more than 20 times whenever it's on, you know. And we had the record and we would like, we would reenact the record. Um, <laughs> we didn't, we couldn't even figure out half the lyrics to Grease Lightning, but it didn't matter. We'd set them anyway. It's probably just as well we didn't know them because there were some things that we probably shouldn't have heard, you know. Um, I mean, just really something, but. But I was listening to this, uh, a couple people sort of, you know, speculate about how she almost didn't do it. She almost, she almost didn't get cast and she almost turned it down both uh, because she was 29 and, you know, she and others thought, who's going to believe, you know, that you're a high school student at 29? But like, I'm looking at that whole cast. I mean, Stalker Channing had to be like 35, which she made it, you know, I mean, they were all in their 
30 or close to it. Um, yeah. Now, it's only recently in the last like 15 years that high schoolers are actually played by high schoolers. They were always played by 32-year-olds that looked 17, you know? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. So yeah, that was just such a surprise and, and sadness, you know, and we here on warm, we play, uh, you know, her and John Travolta, um, one that I want. And, um, you know, and every time I hear it, it, but it is like, you know, Whitney Houston was another. And whenever I hear a Whitney song, seriously, I just feel sad that she's gone still. I mean, it's been Mm -hmm. so long, but there are certain icons that just, you know, they, they have an impact on your life and you, you know, and then when you're reminded of them, especially like through music, for heaven's sakes, I mean, music right. takes us, you know, first time we heard a song or first time we, you know, did something, we usually tag it with a song. So, yep. Yeah. 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 And, and Olivia Newton-John was definitely there for a lot of that for, for me during that time, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just a bummer. And then I have a friend, a, a, a co-worker in a, a, not anyone you guys know, but a, a different job that I do, who um, I had only rent, met recently within the last year. And um, she's about the same age as I am and also loved Olivia Newton-John and uh, confided in me that she um, is a breast cancer survivor from like 20 years ago. And this terrified her. Like, in addition to all of the feelings of sadness and nostalgia and all of that for Olivia Newton-John, on a whole other level, she was like, wow, I didn't think that would happen, you know? Um, And that got me thinking, too. I mean, that's got to be something I don't know that much about metastatic breast cancer and what that means. I know that that my mom had, you know, breast cancer and she had surgeries and treatments and it never came back. She had other things that happened in her life, my mom, um, but breast cancer was not what got her, right? And so I'm thinking about it from the perspective of someone who is still living with it and presumably is past it or in remission or cured or whatever, but is now going to have to kind of carry that in the back of her mind, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm I'm in this. Um, I can't remember if I've told you guys this or not before, but um, uh, years ago, when back when I lived in Savannah, so that's okay. This is probably 15 years or so ago. Uh, I signed up for a long-term um, cancer study. The American Cancer Society um, basically was looking for people who would be willing to participate in surveys and various things for you know, like basically the rest of your life and I was like sure why not so I like <laughs> went down there and you know gave some blood and answered a whole bunch of questions and then um every year or so I get a survey and I get a series of questions and all this kind of stuff and um I had one just just last week one popped up they they asked a few questions the first they want it was titled dental health and um and something else and i'm like uh-oh because <laughs> i still haven't gone to a dentist uh what? and now we're getting on to i know right now yeah, we're getting kidding. we're getting just kidding <laughs> we are way past the two-year mark and i'm so it's so bad i really have to go and i'm like oh i gotta answer this questionnaire and so i <laughs> i answered truthfully but but then there was this whole section about testing, you know, and it was like they're asking if people have you done um, like the 23andMe where you can get the genetic testing information done. They're asking if you've had the, um, oh, I forget the name of it already, the the Ancestry. gene test. 
no, yes, that. But also there's like a gene test, burka, broca, barca, something or other that you can get to see if you are predisposed to different kinds of cancers. Um, and uh, I know I know people that have done that and found out they were like Angelina Jolie, I think was one of the first people who did that and ended up, you know, getting some radical surgeries done to, to avoid getting cancer. But it's interesting they're asking these questions. I guess that's becoming a lot more common now that people are, are you know, trying to be proactive about, you know, am I susceptible to this genetically? I just, I've never, it's never even occurred to me to, to find out, I guess, I don't know. Have you guys done that? Yeah. So my mom also had breast cancer and recently my aunt, her sister was diagnosed several months ago and then, you know, they, they detected it early and enough and everything. I decided to go to a genetics counselor um, mm. and so she asked me a bunch of questions about how old my mom was when she was diagnosed, how old my aunt was, um, and then they give you a score and then they ask if my mom and possibly my aunt could take the genetic test and I think that just involves like spitting in something and then getting tests back. It didn't happen, it, it kind of got lost, <laughs> um, like this, the thought of it, even though I went through th- to the counselor and everything and just tried to, to make the plans and even my aunt's daughter my cousin uh, I think she was gonna talk to someone as well because now we know that it's it's present um, in our family and I think my grandma might have had it too so that's why now it's kind of like getting to be a bigger deal and we want to do it not just for us but also for our daughters so she's got a daughter I have a daughter if we have a chance of it then they might as well. So I guess people do that for themselves, but also for their daughters and maybe sons, because I think men can also have breast cancer. I don't know if it's a rare thing or whatever, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So is it something that like once you find out you do something proactive about it or is really just more arming yourself with information so you know when to start doing um, diagnostics and stuff? Yeah, all of that. I think if I found out that were predisposed. I know I would have more mammograms a year. I don't know if I'd go as far as what Angelina Jolie did. I mean, that was pretty, that was really drastic. But her mom had passed away at an early age. And that's, I think that's why she had decided to do that. Yeah, I would have to make some, some decisions, but I, I, I'm, I don't know what I would do though. (laughs) But, you know, cross that bridge, right? Right. Yeah. Who is it to Chris Everett, the tennis star? Another one of my childhood idols. Um, her sister passed away from ovarian cancer, I want to say like a year or two or three ago. And um, she underwent that genetic testing. And um, they did, be, beyond the genetic testing, they took some biopsies or some blood or something. And they discovered that she had the beginnings of ovarian cancer too. This is just last year, like in November. They caught it so early that they were able to get in and just boop, snip it out. And um, she's doing fine now. But um, just in a million years, they never would have found it. And, you know, God knows how far it would have progressed until, you know, until the inevitable. But um, so it just sounds like it's coming, like it's not just for rich people anymore. It sounds like it's becoming common for everyday people who want to get that done. Yeah, yeah. Early detection, that's really an important thing. And if you know that it's kind of, it's in your family history, it's really mm-hmm. worth it to, to, 
to find out find out as soon as possible or just around the ages that maybe your parent or whoever had it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think knowing, you know, if you know and then you can make a decision, you know, that I think that's helpful, you know. I mean, I haven't done that. We haven't really had it in our family. But maybe if we did, I would be like, oh, maybe I need to go get tested. Yeah, I just, it's, I, I get exactly what you guys are saying. I just, part of me, I just don't want to know. <laughs> is oh. that bad? <laughs> I just is don't that, Is that like <laughs> immature? I mean, what well, is, is that? Well, you said your mom had it. Um, yeah, my mom had it and, and I get, I started getting mammograms when I was 40, right? Yeah. And I get a mammogram every year and yeah. I check and I do all the, I keep up on all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like I then do that doing part. Something. Yeah, I think that's right. What, I think that's what we mean by early detection is that get your appointments that you're supposed to have at the age that you are. Because it was present on my mom's side, they had me start mammograms, I think a little earlier than most women do usually. I think, what mm-hmm. is it, 30? That uh, No, is it 40 that women usually start? And they had me start in like, I think it was like late 20s or early 30s or something. So Yeah, health, yeah. Is, health, health is a kind of a crazy, scary thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it can be. Mm-hmm. I know, I know a lot of people who like I'm past a I'm past a colonoscopy age, right? So, uh, ha- had that done, and very, very fortunate that everything was all the pipes were clean. Pipes so, were clean. Uh, <laughs> I got I got the ten year pass, so I don't have to do it again for for quite some time. But I know people who who just refuse to have it done, and I, I got to tell you, it's really easy. <laughs> like the the getting ready for it is is not particularly pleasant. But the actual uh, colonoscopy, you have no idea it's happening. They go count backwards from 100, and then you go 98, 97, and the th- next thing you know, you wake up, and right. it's over. Yeah. You know, it's the easiest. It's like easier than getting your, I was going to say getting your teeth clean, but God knows I don't do that either. <laughs> but it's easier than, like, easier than a mammogram, easier than anything in the world. Yeah. Awesome. Not that I want to have it done again. I'm just saying <laughs> it's not. You can't wait. Of all the, right, of all the procedures to be afraid of. Oh, you know the other one that's that's not bad? I had to, <laughs> I feel like such an idiot now, but I had to have a bone density, bone scan thing done. And um, I don't know, my, my imagination, I don't know what it was, but people are like, oh, yeah, you got to do the bone density, you got to do the bone density. And I'm like, how do they do that? And I had this picture of this, like, kind of, like, medieval, like, remember when they would throw women in the lake, and if they if they floated, that meant that they were a witch, but if they sank, <laughs> they drowned, but at least we knew they weren't a witch, because the water accepted them. I, I, like, had the, I thought that's, like, what bone density was, like, they would just, like, float you in a tank and see what your, what your bones did. <laughs> Been in Stranger Things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Were you yes. in the upside down after that? <laughs> exactly. It's not. You just like lay on this bed and take a nap for fifteen minutes. That's all you, do. you don't even have to take a nap if you want to. But I like lay down and they're like, rrr, rrr, rrr. and I'm like, when do we start? And she's like, it's over. I'm like, that was it. That was a whole thing. You just lay on this bed and they like take your picture. That also was easier than a mammogram. So a lot of this stuff really isn't that you know big a deal. So did you yeah. find out that you're a good witch or a bad witch? Or <laughs> I have I don't know if I'm a good witch or a bad witch, but I have fine bones. Good, very good, good, solid witchy bones. Witchy bones at least for now. 
That's right, witches. 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 <laughs> Peace out, witches. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, see what you have to look forward to, Anna? Yes. Witches. <laughs> oh, about the bone density. Oh, I see which. <laughs> nice. 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 I'm uh I'm still I'm like I'm not used to drinking. I'm just going to just straight out say it. I am not used to it. And so um they had wine last night and everything so I'm like, "Oh. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> What am I doing? Oh no! <laughs> what am I saying? So you had a few, a few adult beverages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we got. No wonder carded. you love. Yeah. Oh really? No wonder you loved it so much. <laughs> oh, we had. It was such a good time, though. Yeah, we had a great time. And thank you, Cat, for for being the one to drive. I um I Ubered mm, to work, brought all my stuff, and then she picked me up from work, and then just we went. And we went early enough, and not you know not too too early, not not late, and it was just right. So yeah. Good stuff. Were your kids all? Why are you going out to have fun without us? <laughs> no, they didn't. I, I, maybe one of them might have. I, I kind of sensed that, but they she <laughs> didn't say it <laughs> right out. But it, I did say the words, hey, we should do that sometime. <laughs> so, right. And I'm sure we will. I mean, we, she and I have done concerts before, so. Right. So yeah. she was a little jealous that you went. <laughs> not. That's okay. Aww. That's healthy. <laughs> hey, you, you know, you, you guys were talking about um, humanity, you know, of uh, that play you saw. Gosh, what's it called? Like, coming... Coming to America. <laughs> Come from away. That's Coming to America was Eddie Murphy. Okay. Yeah, that's different. I, I wanted to tell you this story that I saw in the news. It's about these, um, I don't think it was Little League, but these um, two players for the Southwest Region Championship, they're trying to make it to Williamsport, and, and they're just playing hard. Well, so one of them is Caden is his name, from the Pearland team, and another one's from an Oklahoma team. But how do you say the word? It's, it's I-S-I-A-H. I don't think it's Isaiah. How do you say that Isaiah, name? Isaiah, yeah. It is Isaiah? Isaiah. I-S-I-A-H? Isaiah? Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Like so yeah. he's from the Oklahoma team. Caden, he throws the ball and throws it hard enough accidentally to hit the other team's player at Isaiah. Hit his head, but the helmet part. But Isaiah ends up, I don't know if he fainted, but, you know, he... He just fell in a heap at the home plate. So everyone's like, oh, my God, you know. And then he comes to, but then they don't realize that Caden is crying, the one who threw the ball uh, accidentally and hit the guy in the head. So he's crying, and the boy who got hurt, Isaiah, goes over to him and gives him a hug. It was just, it was so, it was such a nice nice thing to see he just walks right up to him mm. hugs him with his helmet off and everything to make sure he's okay his parent must have been so proud of him yeah yeah no kidding i love that it's it's true sportsmanship yeah, yeah and i he, love that so much but that gets that gets lost into adulthood i mean you know when you in baseball when a hit pitcher hits a batter there's always the assumption that they did it on purpose now. Always. It's like, there. It, it's never a mistake, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is a mistake. And sometimes it is on purpose. But 
you certainly don't ever hit anybody in the head on purpose. And and I, I just hope those two boys remember that as they get into adulthood, that mistakes get made and not to jump to anger, but to jump to forgiveness i love that thanks for sharing that because (laughs) because we we need to hear these stories anna we do. I think we do. It does get lost in adulthood. You know, the, this kid that accidentally hit the other kid, I think he even heard the umpire say, oh my God, and everyone freaking out. He was more frightened than anything. That's why he, he broke down in tears. And he's just standing on the mound crying and nobody went to him. Not not even, not even his teammates and his coaches, but they may not have known. And, you know, it's just everything's happening so quickly and, and not even really seeing that they're teammate was crying same as the coaches so no one to blame there but it was just wonderful to see the other team not even just the other team the guy who actually got hurt because he just knew he knew that it wasn't on purpose he knew accidents happen and he knew Caden he needed someone at that moment and it was him Isaiah that was just awesome and then the game yeah. resumed, somebody won, somebody lost, and right. uh, maybe the game might be forgotten, but that moment of perfect sportsmanship will live on forever and ever. That's cool. Yeah. Can we post that on our Facebook page? Yes, we will. I love I it. I want to say done, Uh-oh. but it's not done. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. By the time you hear this, it'll be done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the magic of podcasting. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. And where can we see that uh, Facebook page? What's the name of our Facebook page? Listen and learn or not. And there is a period in there somewhere. It's uh, <laughs> listen. I know. It's so weird. Whoever set it up, we know who le- who set it up. We know who uh, set it up. <laughs> it's, it's, and we miss him li- every day. We do yes. miss him every day. <laughs> listen, listen and learn, period, or not, period. <laughs> <laughs> Roger. Rest in peace, Olivia Newton-John. What's your favorite Olivia Newton-John, guys? Oh, boy. Today, it's uh, Hopelessly Devoted to You. Oh, I love that song. Forgot sometimes about that it's one. you have to believe we are magic. You have to yeah. believe we are magic. Yeah. Nothing can stand away. <laughs> How about you, Lauren? Yours? I'm taking that one. I- I'm going to take that one today. <laughs> to take magic? Okay. Oh, yeah. magic. Okay. Yeah. okay. You have to believe we are magic. Nothing can stand it. Anna? I think I like Twist of Fate. Oh, that's a great that song. That was just so snappy. It's gotta be a strange twist of fate. Telling me that heaven can wait. And I'm gonna get it right this time. Um, but I think my favorite one, I don't know. I like Xanadu. Yeah. 
There's also a great song in Xanadu called Suddenly. It's a duet with Cliff <gasps> with Richard. Cliff Richard. Suddenly, the, the wheels are in motion. motion. And, I, <laughs> and they were skating. And her right? hair was blowing in the wind. Yes. Was this on the beach or in a roller rink? I forget. Uh, all of the above. <laughs> and she does a number with Gene Kelly, like a forty. <gasps> yes, it was like it was like watching Lawrence thing. Walk. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, right. It was, like, right. it was like this combination of band and then suddenly rock and roll, and then they combined it together to make a mishmash. Yes, you're right. That's exactly what it is. It was a mashup before mashups <gasps> even existed. Way to go, doo doo. <laughs> I mean, <Wow>. Xanadu. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, for anybody who's never seen Xanadu, we're not going to explain the premise. But I've seen it a few times. I still can't. All you know is that she had sisters. The muses. They're like the Greek muses. Yeah, yeah. They like like to skate. Right. And (laughs) it was very, like, really 70s or 80s, whatever it was. Really like. Everything was about roller. There was like a whole roller skating moment there in the in the world. And and that this was in the middle of it. (laughs) Don't don't overthink it. Just watch it. <laughs> Yay. Okay, now I really have to go. Okay. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> this is Listen and Learn. Or not. not. <laughs> All right. Love you guys. Hopelessly devoted Love you guys. to you. Okay. Aww. Hopelessly devoted. <laughs> All right. Have you ever been mellow? Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm really hanging up now. Love you. Bye. All right, love you. Bye. <laughs> to be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.